It's there. We got it now. All right. Wow. Welcome to SWAT Radio. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they heard your. You want to do your intro again? Five, four, three, two, one. Go. All right. We'll go with it. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson. And if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call 1 844 777 7928. That's 1 844 SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Yeah, okay, so yesterday uh, I did get a couple of uh, um, emails about yesterday's program. And if you're just tuning in, uh, go back and listen to yesterday. We talked a lot about what's going on with COVID and all the stuff happening with masks and the vaccine and stuff. And, you know, uh, that's it's kind of been going on for a long time and i want to take everybody back to march uh, oh, by the way if you're just tuning in swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth we generally take the first segment of the program and we talk about things going on in our culture and from a christian perspective how do we look at these things with a biblical worldview and you know i'm just going to tell you uh, taylor for me uh, I think we live in a very, very fearful culture right now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, our culture is so fearful. I saw people riding bikes down the street. I mean, like fast, like with mask on. Like that, like workout. Like, like workout mm-hmm. biking with a mask on. And I'm like, come on, people, you're outside. We are so fearful of a thing that um, can cause death or hospitalization for some people if they have comorbidities but we have uh and and i'm not saying covid's not real but even the delta variant and yes some people have died but people die from the flu every year do do you know how many times did we get told to wear the mask about the flu we've got treatment for covid there's ways to treat it now the reason people were so panicked Last year, you remember, two weeks to stop the spread, to flatten the curve Mm -hmm. that turned into two months. It turned into now going into the second year. And it's just insane the way people are. Listen to this. The National Institute of Health Director suggested today that parents wear masks at home to protect unvaccinated children. That's insane. Yeah, and it's particularly insane when you hear, you know, the the Biden administration. There are at least a number of people who have said that, you know, the mask is for theater. It is a uh, to make fe- people feel comfortable because the science uh, since, you know, forever pretty much has shown that the mask does not work to stop something. Uh, it's that- like throwing dirt at a chain link fence. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. some's going to hit the, the links. <laughs> But most of it's going to go through. Exactly. Yeah. And people have, and, and so people are like, we got to wear a mask, got to wear a mask. Listen, for this guy, Dr. Francis Collins, to come out, and this is what he said. And, and people, uh, I, let me just encourage you as you are reading articles, read through all of it. Don't just focus in on the fear factor part. But listen to what he says. Dr. Francis Collins said it's clear that the Delta variant is capable of causing serious illness in kids while addressing whether young children should avoid indoor situations. And then get this next sentence. He noted that while rare, and people go right over that, Mm -hmm. while rare, there are many examples of young people being sickened by the virus. Every year people get sickened by the cold. The virus kills 0.00, like, 3%. That's, that's less than a third of a percent. Yeah. And, and, and people act like this is the deadliest thing. Even I think the director of uh, the CDC 
said this is one of the deadliest virus she's seen in 20 years. I mean, that's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So I, if you did not get a chance to listen to Dr. McCullough or go online and find his uh, interview with Tucker Carlson, Dr. Um, what's his name again? Peter. Peter thank mm-hmm. you. You're, that's why you're there, man. <laughs> Dr. Peter McCullough did a great interview with Tucker Carlson, and he's got several things there online. He's a uh, cardiologist who specializes in kidney and uh, cardiology issues. But since COVID, he has written so many peer-reviewed papers and was one of the first ones to publish stuff about multi-drug treatment options for it. And he's really honest in there. And I'm, I'm just going to be real honest, Kate, uh, uh, Taylor. The, the, the medical community, and he addresses this in one of his talks, has really fallen in line with groupthink. Mm-hmm. And that's a dangerous thing for the medical community because the medical community, uh, doctors, you know, um, when they take an oath, they treat their patients and they're supposed to care for them. And so uh, I, I just and, – and they throw this stuff out there like parents – this is what the CD, uh, the uh, NIH guy said. He said parents of unvaccinated kids should be thoughtful about this. Like you're not thoughtful if you don't wear a mask around your house. I mean, that's just absurd to think that what we've already know that the science says the mask don't prevent it. And, and he's going to tell, what does that communicate to your kids? Well, you live in fear. And he goes, I know it's uncomfortable and it seems weird, but it's the best way. I told you I got a letter from the VA. You know, you served in the Marine Corps. Now it's your turn uh, to serve in the war against COVID. Our only hope is the vaccine. Mm. And I'm like, I've had COVID. I've got natural antibodies. And people are so confused out there. I can't tell you the number of people I've talked to that said, well, you can get it twice. You you know you you it's a delta variant and, and and you can get it. Here's a question I have for you. What do you base that on? I mean, what do you base it because what the CDC says, the CDC that's flip-flop back and forth mm-hmm. at least 5 times on masking, non-masking. Um have you have you uh, uh gotten any research from doctors that you personally know? or have known for any length of time, you know these doctors. Well, and I'm not talking about a doctor you see once. I'm talking about doctors that you've known for a long time that have been very involved in researching it, not doctors who just go about their daily practice and read what other doctors are putting out falsely in the Lancet or other medical journals. So um, we, we have come to a place where, as believers, we we, I think, have failed in our responsibility to be wise as serpents and to understand that we are to not be held captive or taken captive by deceptive things because, man, there has been the wool pulled over a lot of people's eyes in this country by the government, by uh, even um, the medical community who have not treated. Ask yourself this question if you're listening. Why is it? that no doctor knows what's in the vaccine, the MNRA. They can't tell you all the all the makeup of that. Why do they not know the chemical makeup? Why are only the heads of Pfizer, Moderna, and these companies that make it the only ones to know what's really in it? You know? Um, I mean, why, why is that? Why is it that doctors don't treat COVID patients? They send them home unless they get deathly ill. They don't give them treatment. Uh, take some Tylenol. You know, I've talked to several people that had it, and they were taking Tylenol. I said, why? Well, my, that's what my doctor said to do. And I'm like, that was it. They didn't give them other things that they found to be helpful, like vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, uh, quercetin, um, or other, ish, other nutraceutical-type drugs, uh, uh, steroids, uh, other things that have been listed by some very courageous doctors that have taken a stand and gone against the grain. And a lot of them have had their medical license threatened because they have gone against the grain. 
Yeah, and I think you're touching on a, a broader issue within the medical uh, community, which is to treat a problem and not look for any sort of proactive things that can be done. Um, you know, a big thing with uh, COVID, what people realize is that if you are overweight, that is a comorbidity that can cause, you know, you to uh, experience the symptoms of the virus worse. And there's not much talk of, hey, you know, get out, exercise, go do stuff, start eating healthy, take care of your diet, because that is going to help you if you do get COVID. In fact, what we did was exactly the opposite. Hey, stay locked down. Don't go outside when, you know, vitamin D is good for helping with the virus as well. So uh, instead of looking at ways to be proactive about things, a lot of what people are doing is saying, oh, we're going to try to treat this symptom or that symptom, and it hasn't worked out to the the, the best interest of the patient. Yeah, the other thing he put out in this uh, thing is that if your child is younger than two, you are to you should limit visits with people who are not vaccinated. Really? That that's where he's going. Folks, we we've got to be discerning. We're going to come back and continue talking about it. Yeah, we're this. going to pick up right there. So stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? That is Nobody by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are back live after being uh, off the air for a little bit, as uh, had a lot going on over the summer. But we are back. We were back yesterday as well. And we have been talking about COVID and some of the things uh, that have been going on with that as far as uh, you know, public policy and just how our, our culture is handling. Well, and you were telling me um, – uh, from the news that New York is saying that to travel to New York and eat up there or to go in there, you have to have a vaccine stamp now, right? Uh, yeah, they uh, New York City implements vaccine mandate for all indoor activities. Uh, quote, if you want to participate in our society fully, you've got to get vaccinated. So they are implementing that, I believe, uh, August 16th. That is going into effect, and then it will start being uh, enforced on August. Uh, September 13th. So, yeah, if you want to go in and eat, you want to go to the gym, you want to do those type of things, you're going to have to be uh, vaccinated. Um, and I think that if you fail to do so, I did not get down to uh, what uh, the repercussions were, are going to be, but I think it's going to be a fine, uh, not jail time or anything like that. But that is, you know, the first uh, city in the U.S. to implement something like that, and that's New York City, one of you know the biggest city. Well, again, you know, Doctor Peter McCullough, so far, along with Doctor Merritt, I mean, but Peter McCullough's uh, uh, the one most recently. Uh, Doctor Merritt, uh, you can put in Doctor Lee Merritt, and her website will come up as well. But both of those have been on the same page as far as the um, contractability of COVID, the spreadability of COVID. Uh, the treatment of COVID being focusing on treat. They both uh, have treated people or helped people to find treatments. They both recommended Dr. Zelenko out of New York's uh, uh, protocol, which is a good protocol. Um, it's what I used when I had it. I know several people who've used that and come out of it fine. Uh, 
Um, but I just want to bring up again that our governor, um, as you know, was made fun of last year and he was ridiculed, put down. And at the end of the year, he was a hero. Everybody looked to him and said, wow, what a phenomenal job Florida did. Well, again, uh, he came out today. There was an article today. Uh, he downplayed the spike in COVID-19 cases that uh, the the papers and the media are, are uh, sensationalizing to me uh, that, you know, sh- shattering state hospitalization records. They're, they're spreading this fear with the much more contagious Delta variant out there. Well, yeah. It may be more contagious, but it's not as fatal mm-hmm. and it's not as deadly. And here's the other thing. It's there's a lot of younger people that are getting it and they survive it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the older people who I mean, and he was asked this question about um, the fact that so many young people get. And he said, well, he was talking about how uh, would you rather have, you know, 500 people over 80 get it or among seniors or would you rather 5,000 cases among 20 year olds? And he said, of course, 20 year olds, Mm -hmm. but you know, I, I had a medical professional just the other day who basically played upon the fact that they're a medical professional and you know, you can catch it twice, which I think both McCullough and um, Merritt have said there's only been like two, I'm sorry, 30, or 33 cases in the world of people who actually verifiably caught it twice. Yeah, and I think that uh, as time goes on, it, it we'll see more of that, but it'll be like a, a seasonal um, uh, cold where, you know, you've got antibodies that'll protect you, and there'll be, I think, 200, 300-something days is what they're talking about now. Uh, and then after that, when you get it another time, it's not as bad of an infection as the first one uh, that you got. And I, it's funny, you know, you, you said that one guy was like, well, as a medical professional, I say X, Y, and Z. And I think, you know, a medical professional has their opinion medically, but that does not do anything to help the public policy prescriptions, what we should do as a society. Um, and I think what we're doing with uh, vaccine passports, uh, talking about lockdowns again and things like that, I think that is the wrong response. I think that we don't have to say, oh, well, the medical professional said we need to do X, Y, or Z, so we need to listen. I think we can use, um, you know, our, God, our God-given intellect to talk about, hey, as a public policy, is this how we should go as a society? And I think that's a question that we're not really thinking about because of, you know, really the hijacking of lang- language, as you said earlier. Uh, oh, you you got to be thoughtful talking about wearing a mask around your kid. Well, maybe being thoughtful does not lead to you to putting a mask on, right? Or to say, oh, you know, I'm going to be make my neighbor not feel uncomfortable, so I'm just going to wear a mask. Um, but, you know, to live by a lie is to do a disservice to your neighbor. You know what I mean? So the, the language has been hijacked to say, oh, what you should, you should follow us because it's the compassionate thing to do. And instead of thinking for ourselves and saying, okay, well, what is true compassion look like? We're just saying, oh, yeah, we got to go along and do this. Yeah, we've got to be sheep who mm-hmm. are blindly following. And, and you know, people do the same thing, Taylor, with uh, the phrase, judge not. Mm-hmm. And they stop there. Mm-hmm. And they don't give it in context. Because what Jesus was addressing was to people who were Pharisees and judging people's righteousness when they had so much unrighteousness in their own eyes. Right. And he was addressing that. He didn't say he's there's multiple places in Scripture where Christians are called to hold each other accountable. But Mm -hmm. we live in a culture now that says, don't judge. You can't judge somebody else. It's not your business. Well, it is if they call themselves a believer and and they're publicly saying or doing something and you have a relationship with them or you know them or or somehow you if, if you came into my world somehow at an airport or wherever and you tell me you're a believer, and all of a sudden you start doing something that's very outside the character of somebody who says they're a follower of Jesus, and you go, well, that's based on your understanding. Well, it would be based upon my understanding of the Scripture, but at the very least we should have a conversation about it because one of us is probably off base, right? right? And that's what the community of Christ did then. Back in the biblical days, they were a community. 
we're so fractured in our culture right now because of critical theory, uh, because of the COVID mask and vax mandate. People get really, really upset about this stuff. And all I would say to you is, you know what? You have every right to feel strongly about whether you should get a vaccine or whether you shouldn't, whether you should wear a mask or you shouldn't. But respect somebody else's right, too. I mean, to feel the same way. They can have a conviction of that as well. And that's part of the issue, I think, for us is we're so divided that we just, you know, I can't, you can't have your opinion. You can't be you and me be me anymore. We all have to be groupthink together. And that's the problem. Yeah, you know, what's funny is, uh, you know, a, a big reason why we're so divided is that we live in a, a post-truth uh, culture. I mean, in the 90s, they, they tar- started talking about, um, you know, moving past truth and, you know, what's true for you is true for you and what's true for me is true for me. Uh, but in the hearts of humans is a search and a desire for the truth. So even if we don't now, uh, you know, respect any sort of uh, data or anything like that, but we still say, oh, you know, you what's true for you is true for you. But then we try to implement, hey, well, you know, you need to get this vaccine because, you know, I, I think that you need to do that. And this is what the data that I look at says. And it would know, be really loving for you to do that. Right. I mean, and and, and so, OK, um, that's your opinion of, of that. Um, we live in a state where the governor said they're not going to mandate that. Thank goodness that he's our governor here. But other governors may follow suit. What's happening in New York could happen in, in other states. For our listeners in Mississippi and Virginia and uh, Georgia, you know, we, we pray for our leaders and we pray for wisdom. But, you know, our, our verse for um, the next month, really, is uh, our verses are Colossians 2, 6 through 8. And before it gets to the part where it says, see that no one takes you captive. um, In fact, I'm just going to have Taylor read it. And I just want to make a comment or two before we come back. And uh, we're going to start delving into a little bit today of um, the wokeness and the gospel mentality of the social justice, uh, how it's impacting the church and really how do we respond as Christians. And I want you to feel free Throughout the second, the third and fourth uh, parts of our program, all throughout this month, to call in because we want to have discussions with you. We want because you're not, you may not agree with that, and that's okay. We can talk about those things, but it's clear what Scripture talks about being taken captive, and I think uh, the church is falling prey in the area of social justice and wokeness. And I'm going to describe what wokeness is when we come back. But read um, verses 6 through 8 of Colossians 2. All right. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human traditions, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So the first thing he says in verse 6 is, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, he is Lord and Master. And as you received him, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. That means, you know, I've often wondered when the disciples walked with Jesus, and I'm sure early on, it was it was probably easier for them to be tempted to not have faith. But they struggled with it throughout their journeys, whether it was feeding the 5,000 or being in a boat that was about to capsize or whatever. But when he encountered a leper, you know, I wonder how they responded. Mm. You know, because a leper, if you, you it was so contagious that, and then you were dis, you were excluded from the synagogue forever. But Jesus went up and touched the lepers, and and when he talks about as you receive Christ, walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him. That means rooted and built up in who He is as your Lord, as your Master, uh, as your Provider, your Protector. And so you can get COVID a hundred times in a year, and you're not going to die unless He allows you to. He's that sovereign over every moment. 
And so I think we've forgotten that and we're not walking in that. And we've got to make sure that no one takes us captive by empty deceit. And I think we see a lot of that going on in our culture right now. Yeah, I think that uh, COVID has exposed our our lack of faith as a culture and it's uh, difficult to watch. But we will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, excuse me, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G at SWATradio.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel low. All right, what song was that? <laughs> Chainbreaker yeah, by Zach go. Williams. I, you know, we're back into it. I gotta get. I gotta remember the song. <laughs> Zach Williams. Again. Okay, just a, a little rusty, right? We're just a little <laughs> rusty, but uh, anyway, I'm glad that you're listening out there. Hey, shout out to the Lighthouse up in Virginia, and uh, to the folks over in Meridian, Mississippi, WMER, and to Folkestone, Georgia, and here in Jacksonville and in St. Augustine. So glad you're listening. I know that these issues are not easy issues that we're having to deal with right now. But I just pray that you would see them through the lens of Colossians 2, 6 through 8, and even our SWAT uh, verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. They are not. And, um, you know, Christ um, is our king. We are to take every thought captive. And we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. We obey Christ. And so um, we, uh, we, we're getting into a subject that I believe, Taylor, for the next month is going to, um, it's going to, it'll create a little tension because you know, uh, you come from a biracial family. Mm-hmm. You're in a biracial marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I am obviously a white, <laughs> very white guy. Uh, I, my, you know, my ancestors come from Scotland. I don't think you can get much whiter than where <laughs> that is. Uh, not a lot of sun up there. Yeah, right. Not a, and the melanin in our skin just looks really white. But you know, I have. Um, I have uh, seen people do um, racist, what we would term racist things to people. It's disgusting to me when they do that. To mistreat anybody because of skin color is wrong. It will always be wrong to do that. In fact, Jesus uh, talks about it. Um, He talks about, you know, in James, you don't treat people different because of money. But I would say even because... Somebody is a different ethnic background. You don't treat them more special than anybody else. And the reverse of that, oh, is this wokeism that's coming into the church of saying, well, there was systemic uh, racism, and which is basically falling into the Karl Marx playbook of uh, oppression or oppressed and oppressors mm-hmm. and um and owen strand did a great job in his book Christ, uh, w- uh, christianity and wokeism and our wokeness and then vody bacham did a good job in fault lines which is his book and i would highly recommend both these books there's some others but these two are really fresh off the presses so to speak and uh, they both deal with this term social justice. And really, justice, we don't need to put an adjective in front of justice. 
because there's just justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's God's justice. And what's right in his eyes is right, and what's wrong is wrong. We don't always see what we think justice should be worked out in our lifetime or in our in our certain area of influence or where we are. But justice, if if God was just to everybody, he'd wipe everybody off the face of the earth because mm-hmm. we don't deserve anything. But because of his mercy, he has given us life and new life in Christ. And I love there's a quote in uh, Christianity and Wokeness. It's by Daryl Evans, or Dar- not Daryl Evans, uh, Daryl um, uh, Harrison. Uh, and he, um, Daryl has been a guest on here several times. He, uh, part of the, um, just thinking podcast with Virgil Walker. I love having those guys on. In fact, I want to try to get them on maybe here, but he says this, he says, you don't end racism. You repent of it. Mm. That's what you do. Uh, you can't repent of what your great grandfather did. You can feel bad about it. You can feel empathetic toward people who were mistreated because of it. But you don't repent for other people's sins. You take ownership of your junk, what you do. And that's part of the problem with Abraham X. Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, White Fragility, D'Angelo. Both those books portray that people today have to own the junk of what their great-grandfathers or maybe their great-great-grandfathers did, and they've created a picture where everybody's a victim if you are uh, in the minority skin color class. Yeah, and uh, really... And that's their terms, not mine. What they're doing is uh, saying, you know, there has been an issue of racism uh, in the past on a uh, national level, and now there's still, you know, an issue of racism in people's individuals' hearts, and their response to that of what is necessary is more racism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and by that I mean uh, just really flipping it uh, on its head and uh, having racial prefer- preference, uh, you know, partiality towards race, and now just flipping it uh, from, you know, in the past there was uh, race, racial preference towards whites, and now we need uh, racial preference towards other people codified in the system um and you know we're going to talk about this and get into it really it it is nothing more than a ploy uh for uh destroying uh the systems that we have so that uh we can bring about a marxist uh utopia marxist revolution and I, i think we as the church need to be aware of that seeping into uh the the church as the the american church as a whole because this is not just the issue of uh, you know, how races interact with each other, but it's an issue of the supremacy of the gospel. Is the gospel sufficient for all things or is it not? And the people who are injecting CRT and uh, social justice into their Christianity are in effect saying that the gospel is not sufficient to all the questions and, and, and all the needs of life. So uh, that's why it is important. And as you know, Bodhi Bakum talks about, and as we're going to get into, it is a, new religion really a cult that's being uh infiltrated into the church and that should concern all of us well uh there's a term called intersectionality mm-hmm. that i didn't really understand well but he does a good job in this book of bringing it out and uh, he he says that um one recognizes the intersectional nature of injustice meaning that one discovers that the causes of many underprivileged minority groups overlap this intersection means that through vision of social justice involves opposing unjust power dynamics again he's setting up uh, oppressors and oppressed uh, people and what he says is white privilege is the first culprit but there are others uh, men who have leadership positions oppress women the patriarchy yeah um, and and you hear that a lot now there's mm-hmm. a huge rebellion against uh, patriarchal views like even of the Bible, like that being yep. uh, okay, uh, uh, toxic masculinity along mm-hmm. with that. Um, imperial intellectuals use the construct of reason to oppress minority groups in the academy. You know, very, very smart people oppress people that struggle to understand uh, concepts or, you know, different uh, educational things. The rich oppress the poor. That's always been around, right? Uh, 
physical able people oppress physically disabled people. It's called ableism. I didn't even know that they had a term for that. Did oh, you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, an example of ableism would be like if you go into a building and there's no handicap ramp or something like that, that's considered uh, an aggression towards someone who is not uh, able-bodied. Well, cisgender and heteronormative straight people oppress sexual minorities. That's another group. These are all intersectional groups, and you can go on with that forever. And uh, just a quick point, the way that uh, a lot of times the oppression is done is not by actively doing something to put someone down. It is by simply existing in the way that you exist. For example, the heteronormative, oh, you like, you're a man, you like women, and you want to have children? Oh, you are now oppressing um, the the minority sexual uh, orientation because that's what's portrayed in society just, yeah even you know, if you never speak out against anybody yeah. else it's just the fact that you prefer a traditional marriage you think that's the biblical idea and so people get upset at that well yeah. wh- where did all this come from Karl marx um and there's another guy named frederick Engels, and basically um you know um when the communist manifest manifesto was published in 1848 uh They made this claim, every form of society has been based on the antagonism of oppressing and oppressed classes. Therefore, the history of all existing societies, the history of a class struggle, that was was their premise, that was their thesis. Free man and slave, lord and serf, uh, oppressed and oppressor. Uh, This perspective on human identity and society ordering fit fluidly with Darwinian cosmology and basically marxism began to spread but the thing is about marx is he was an atheist marx did not believe in god it was based on a godless society and and so what has happened today is now uh, they have hijacked some of the mistreatment of people by people who mistreat them because of their skin color and they've hijacked that issue, that real issue, instead of having real dialogue about uh, really addressing the issue now, they're trying to disrupt and destroy the foundational values of um, a Christian family, a husband and a wife creating, you know, procreating children and, and furthering the gospel through that. Uh, they're trying to destroy our culture. You know, there's a difference between a majority group and a culture and racism. And a lot of people don't get that. They, they, you know, like, in other words, let's say, you know, there's a 80%. If I go to Africa, right, I'm going to go to Africa and I go to a country that's 95% black and 5% white. I'm a minority in that culture. Um, if I went there and my family were missionaries there and my family lived there for years and years and years, I would always be a minority in that culture. But that doesn't mean that they've systematically kept me from doing anything in that culture. It just means that there's more of one group of people culturally than another. And I think people people dismiss that as part of some of the things that we see in our culture here. Yeah, and uh, we're going to pick up on that. We're up against the break, but we're going to touch back on that again in a second. So stick with us. We'll be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, 
parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we took the first uh, half of the program to talk about um, the COVID stuff that's going on in the culture and kind of some of the public policy decisions that are being made. And now we are getting into what we're going to be talking about uh, this month, which is uh, CRT, uh, social justice and and things of that nature, and how it is uh, affecting the church. If you would like to join us in that discussion, or if you have any questions about anything we've talked about today, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And just before the break, Doug was talking about the difference between, uh, you know, just being the majority uh, in a given area uh, and, and true oppression. And just because there is a majority of, uh, since we're talking about race, that just because there's a majority of white people in an area does not mean uh, automatically that the minority skin color is going to be uh, oppressed. Now, now, that does not mean that in this culture, in this country, that was not the case for a long time. Um, but there, he, Doug was making the point that a lot of people just assume that, oh, if there's a majority of people, if there's a disparity of any kind, it, it must be on account of racism. And uh, that is... Uh, a fallacy, a logical fallacy uh, that I think we need to take into account when we hear a lot of uh, the things that we hear. And and Thomas Sowell uh, does a great job of clearing up those disparities, uh, why they're there, uh, specifically on race, uh, called race and disparities, uh, talking about a lot of the things that people use as evidence of racism. uh, When uh, you have further scrutiny, don't actually appear to be that way, Uh, but just uh, something to keep in mind. And then, you know, you're talking about Africa. Um, and that made me think of Vody Bauckham's book in fault lines. He talked mm-hmm. about, you know, uh, how much, you know, we think that we, uh, have race issues here in America, but when he went over to Africa and mm-hmm. seeing the way in which, you know, uh, there was a lot more racism and a lot less equality in the way that people viewed each other, it gave him a greater appreciation for really the uh, melting pot that we have going on here. Cause he, he made the point that, to be, I think he's in Zambia, right? Yeah. Uh, to be Zambian, you, you can't, even if you're white and you've lived there for a hundred years, you're not Zambian. It, it's much more in tune with what color you are and what tribe you're part of. And there's a lot of tension uh, along those lines. Well, haven't we, we moved to tribalism here too? I mean, is, really, I mean, like instead of being uh, e pluribus unum out of mm-hmm. many one, we've now, uh, out of many, many. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, we got lots of tribes. I mean, and that's that is something that is is really concerning. And what makes it the most concerning is that you see that breakdown in the church. Oh yeah, you know the the the, the tribalism in the church. The actually, well, you really that the people of God instead of uh, coming together as the people of God, they're they're breaking apart along those tribal lines, and that's concerning. Uh, moving forward, because when a culture breaks up, you know, it's it's not a pretty thing. And the church should be a, a picture of unity in that and not a picture of discord. Um, and oh, it should be, because here's the thing. Jesus died for everyone, not based on their skin color, mm-hmm. based on their need. There's only two classes of people in the spiritual world. There's There's those who are his and those who are not. That's it. And, and to place your ethnic background, your uh, economic uh, standing, um, anything else above that is sinful and it's wrong. And, and one thing is you don't hear a lot of people talking about that uh, within the church. Instead, we kind of acquiesce to 
the wokeness. And by the way, I want to give this uh, today. Uh, you know, when I heard the first heard the term wokeness, I'm like, I think I even asked you, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dr. Uh, Strand in his book really lays it out pretty good. Just, there's seven, he, he lays it in the form of seven key commitments of wokeness. I mean, and wokeness includes intersectionality. It, it includes critical race theory. All these things are embodied in that. It's a mindset, and it is in the church. John MacArthur said it is one of the greatest threats right now currently, and it's one of the greatest threats he's seen in his lifetime to the um, the church doing what the church should do. It's not that it's going to destroy the church, but it is hampering the church right now. And the first uh, principle is the world is fundamentally divided into oppressors and oppressed people rather than, you know, uh, sinners and saints. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all continue to sin, but those who are Christ and those aren't. Second is a major form of oppression today comes from whiteness. That is just flat out unbiblical. Oppression comes from one person, Satan, and he works through people. Uh, nobody oppresses because of whiteness. They oppress because they have sin in their heart. Third is whiteness is not a neutral system, but it creates a culture of white supremacy that most benefits white people and others who fail to challenge it. This is wokeness. Okay. The fourth is the evils of this culture show up in disparity between groups, which reveals inequities which reveals injustices. Disparities lead to inequities, which lead to injustices. That is their premise, and that's what they want. They want and not um, an equal opportunity. What they want is an equal outcome, mm-hmm. and that just simply is not even biblical. Nope. It's not biblical. Um, fifth, white supremacy must be vigorously opposed through social justice, anti-racism, and the targeting of white privilege, right? And again, folks, outside the church, people can say and do what they want with no accountability. I mean, there is accountability to God, but when you are church leaders and you are allowing this to come into your church and influence your teaching and influence you, you get away from the gospel and what's really important. And that's one area where some pastors have begun to stray. Sixth, More broadly, any form of privilege and oppression stemming from heteronormative, white, capitalist, patriarchalist structures must be opposed. So if you stand for traditional marriage, you're going to be opposed. If you stand for uh, the roles that God ordained for men and women, and by the way, I really am going to try to get Daryl and uh, Virgil on. If you listen to their Just Thinking podcast and hadn't listened for a while, they dropped one a week ago on um, the role of women in the church. That's a really, really good one. If you haven't listened, you ought to listen to. Probably make uh, a lot of people mad. Huh? It will. It's going to. But see, that's where we're going. Yeah. It doesn't diminish the value of women, but it explains the role of women as the biblical uh, role that God has ordained for them. Uh, but again, any form of privilege or oppression uh, stemming from those things uh, is, is, has got to be opposed. And then finally, we can create a just, fair, diverse, and inclusive society grounded in equality of outcome by targeting inequities through political, legal, cultural, and fiscal means so that the inequitable authority is deprivileged and minority groups are empowered. And that last one is is uh, is untenable. We can create a just society, right, by creating equal outcomes. Mm-hmm. If you are going to create equal outcomes, you're not going to have a just society in the term, uh, in the sense that the Bible uh, talks about with justice, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, let's take it away from like race or anything like that. Let's say one person is faster than another. If you want an equal outcome, you're going to have to put a chain on, you know, a ball and chain on the one person, or you're going to have to make them start whenever so that they finish at the same time. That's not just, that's not uh, right, but it, it's, it shows that the, the thinking of what is just is being perverted. The, the definition of just is changing, and I think we need to uh, really be uh, aware of the way that 
terms and words are used and they're taken from their biblical context and used in a different way uh, that can sometimes cause people to not see the you know the wolf in sheep's sheep's clothing well listen you know people go well i'm not woke i'm not listen whether it's the the activist who's throwing a brick through the window of the business to defeat white supremacy he's not condemned for the vandalism of the business he's celebrated as a hero because he's defeating white supremacy the mom who's reading a book on how to raise an anti-racist child is woke uh, uh, somebody who wants to teach their two-year-old about implies, or mm. implicit bias. I mean, we are a clean slate when we come into the world. We, we don't come in being racist. Nobody comes into the world a racist. They may be taught sinful things. Uh, they may be taught uh, sinful behaviors that can be perceived as ethnically prejudiced. But um, nobody, we're blank slates. We, we, but we do come in with an evil heart. We come in with a sin nature. And so, um, with, and even the teenagers today who confess to, you know, um, their failure to challenge white supremacy, all that is wokeness. And that's what we're going to be focusing on for the next month. And, um, you know, what, what we got to ask ourselves is, am I putting my head in the sand? Yeah. Or am I going to speak the truth and love to people? Or am I am I being silenced? Am I being silenced because I'm afraid? And fear has no place in the body of Christ. Yeah, and you might think that, uh, you know, this isn't that big of a deal. But it is a big deal, and it's going to uh, cause uh, uh, problems between people in, in relationships. I'll give you an example. I have a cousin. She's white. She has white kids. And a white lady told her that, oh, well, since you don't, acknowledge your white supremacy they're, they're both church people they go to the same church they've been friends a long time she said i can't let my kids play with your kids now my cousin obviously she she has a black man in the family who you know <laughs> well, is, she's got several black men yeah in the family. exactly and we you know great relationship with all of them and now this white lady is telling her oh well you know you, you're white supremacist and we can't uh coexist with you and, and it makes me wonder how many black people she really knows but the reason I bring that up is those type of issues are going to become more and more common, and they're going to become common in the church because the church is not standing on biblical truth. Well, tomorrow I'm going to talk about some traps that are set out there for people in the wokeness, and one of them is, um, one of these things is silence about racism as violence. It's simply not true. It's asinine. No, yeah, it, it's crazy. So we'll talk more about that stuff tomorrow. I'm so glad you joined us and. uh Uh, We're glad to be back with you guys live again. Yeah, so you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Please join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening